Welcome to Lead On, a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary and a longtime ministry leader. It's my challenge and opportunity on this program to talk with you out of my experience and from a biblical perspective on the practical side of ministry leadership. We address issues about the day-to-day grind of getting the work done, leading churches, ministry organizations, mission programs, and things like that. Well, today, I want to talk about this theme, developing a work ethic in a Christian organization. Developing a work ethic in a Christian organization. My wife had a conversation recently with a young minister's wife who was lamenting some of the difficulties that they were facing, or at least as she imagined them, in their ministry context. Now, my wife is a very compassionate person, and usually her heart goes out to people who are hurting. But as she listened to this young woman tell her story, my wife gave her what seemed like a surprising response. She basically said, you need to grow up, and you need to understand that ministry is hard work, that it's demanding, that it's going to require sacrifice, And that if you're going to really be effective at it over the long haul, you're going to have to have a work ethic that actually produces significant results to keep the ministry moving forward. Work ethic in Christian ministry. You know, this really shouldn't surprise us that Christian ministry is hard work and requires a work ethic to accomplish it successfully because the Bible, when it speaks about ministry, really speaks about it in terms of Uh, hard work, and also in terms of sacrifice and commitment. For example, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, the Bible uses three different images to describe what it's like to be involved in ministry leadership. The Bible describes ministry leaders like soldiers, athletes, and farmers. Now, Uh, I've never been a farmer, but I come from a family of farmers, and I've watched how hard they work. Up early, out late, responding whenever the animals are in need or the crops are demanding attention. Not able to take off and do something else just because it's inconvenient to have to work that day. No, farmers work hard. Soldiers, same thing. Soldiers work work hard to accomplish the mission as ordered, not when it's convenient, not when they like it, not when it feels good, not when it's comfortable, not when the climate is nice. Soldiers work hard to accomplish the mission. And then athletes. We've certainly seen some of that uh, this last summer with the Summer Olympics and how hard those athletes had trained for all of those years, including that extra year when the Olympics got bumped forward and how difficult it was for all of them to maintain their competitive edge through all the challenges they've faced. Athletes, they work hard. They sacrifice. They have discipline. They do what they don't necessarily want to do so they can achieve the results that they really long for. So when the Bible describes ministry leadership, it uses these analogies. Farmer, soldier, athlete. So again, it shouldn't surprise us That ministry leadership requires a work ethic that's similar to that which is found in these three people who are used to illustrate what it means to be in ministry. But the Bible even goes beyond that. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing to his young protege, Timothy, and then starting in verse 5, he writes these words. But as for you, be serious about everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Look at the phrases in this passage of Scripture to describe ministry leadership. First, be serious about everything. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't laugh or have a good time. Uh, You know, Christian leaders work among Christian people who are often delightful and inspire us uh, with their work and their devotion and the things they do that sometimes are just kind of funny. I like to tell stories of my ministry opportunities and ministry activities that have had some humor attached to them. Funny things happen when you're working with people. And as leaders, we need to learn to laugh at ourselves and laugh at what's going on around us when it's truly funny. But why then does Paul advocate in this passage, be serious-minded? In fact, he says, be serious about everything. I think what he's trying to communicate is that ministry leaders have an undercurrent of gravity or weightiness to our leadership. You know, we aren't required to be old sourpusses, always negative, always serious, always dour in our appearance. We're not required to do that in order to be serious about everything. But we are required to have kind of a default setting that we can move to quickly is a part of who we are as leaders that reminds us of the solemnity and the, and the soberness of our work. I saw an illustration of this in a different context a few, few years ago. Uh, a good friend of mine who's trained in CPR was uh, relaxing uh, with some friends at a softball game when a player suddenly collapsed and stopped breathing. Now, my friend, who up until that moment had been relaxing at the game, enjoying himself, laughing, having a good time, in a nanosecond, my friend morphed into a trained, life-saving person who was equipped and ready to do what was necessary in the moment. He morphed into this serious-minded, trained professional, and he took on the problem at hand. And the good news is that man who fell over on that ball field and stopped breathing and everyone thought might die, came back to life because of my friend's intense work with him. That illustration is what I think Paul's trying to say when he says, be serious about everything. Christian leaders have to have an underlying seriousness about what we do, a readiness, if you will, to take on the task, an ability to flip the switch in a moment and become the ministry leader that we're commissioned to be. That doesn't mean you can't relax. doesn't mean you can't have a good time. doesn't mean you can't enjoy some distractions like a ball game. But if in the midst of something like that in your ministry context, in the midst of that, you're called upon to exercise your leadership responsibility, you got to be able to morph into it immediately. And then Paul uses colorful language to describe the level of sacrifice he had made as a ministry leader. He said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering in the Time for my departure is close. This being poured out as a drink offering speaks of pouring liquid over an altar and watching it dissipate through the cracks and run off the edges and eventually go, uh, be all gone, sacrificed for the good of the moment, if you will. 
That's a picture of us in ministry leadership. We're constantly pouring ourselves out, giving ourselves up, expending ourselves in the offering or in the sacrifice, sacrificial offering that we do as ministry leaders. And then he says, I've fought the good fight. I finished the race. Talking about here the analogies of being a boxer or a runner, fighting a fight, finishing a race. These are the word pictures that are associated with Christian ministry. Now, I've given this little overview from the Bible to help us understand that ministry leadership being hard work and requiring a work ethic is not a 21st century innovation or discovery. It goes all the way back to the very beginning when the first writers of the Bible, which were describing what ministry leadership was like and what it was going to be like, said, hey, being a ministry leader, it's like being a farmer, a soldier, or an athlete. It requires a seriousness about everything we do. It calls for us to sacrifice ourselves, pouring ourselves out like a drink offering, and in fact, boxing like a fight, running like a race. These are more of the analogies that are given to help us understand that ministry leadership is hard work, and being in a ministry organization requires a strong work ethic in order to be effective. Now, you're a ministry leader, How can you facilitate or foster a greater work ethic in yourself and particularly in your organization? Well, let me give you three or four suggestions. First of all, model and demand of others that you have a job description and you actually fulfill it. Model and demand. I'm going to say that frequently through the rest of the show today. Model and demand that you have a job description, a job assignment, a set of job responsibilities, and that you fulfill them. Ministry leaders are responsible to get their job done. You can't slough it off. You can't say, I didn't have time. You can't say, it didn't seem to fit this week. You can't say, I didn't feel the spirit leading. You can't say, I didn't feel up to the task. No, show up and get your job done. That's the first thing that you can do of yourself and of others to help inculcate or develop a work ethic in your organization. Have good job descriptions and demand and model that people get them done. Here's another one. Demand and model that people get work done on time and on budget. You know, in the organization where I work, we have deadlines, and those deadlines are hard and fast, at least sometimes. We have board meetings that we have to be ready for. We have classes that we have to be ready for. We have uh, meetings that we have to be ready for. And these things require a lot of sometimes complex work by a lot of different people to put together the materials and put together everything required to have a successful event. And if that's going to happen, everybody's got to meet a deadline. And in order to meet those deadlines, you're going to have to facilitate work ethic and promote the fact that people have to work hard in order to get done what needs to be done here. And not only working on time, but also on budget. Part of having a good work ethic is being creative and innovative and working really hard to find ways to get done what needs to be done with the resources at hand. Someone once asked me, how much money does Gateway Seminary spend? And I said, all of it. (laughs) We spend all of it. But like every other ministry organization, we're trying to make the most with every single dollar that we have. And that requires innovation and creativity and, frankly, hard work. 
I saw this just recently. One of our people who's responsible for our grounds uh, wanted to put some new bark covering, some new mulch covering in our beds, and he got a bid for that to happen, and it was quite a bit of money. And then he found out that he could get the materials for about uh, 40% of the cost of the project, and he thought, you know, I can do that with a helper. I can do that in half a day. I don't really need to spend this huge amount of money to get people out here to do this work. And so he did it. And I came to work, and I saw him out there working. It was a hot day, sweat pouring off of these guys. They're trying to get this mulch spread, and the place is looking fantastic. And then later on, I found out how much money he had saved us. And I thought, you know, that's a great example of a work ethic in a Christian organization. A guy who shows up, knows his job, wants to get his job done on time, and also wants to get his job done on budget, and is willing to go the extra mile, and in this case, a hot extra mile, to make sure that the job got done. So work ethic requires getting work done and getting work done on time and getting work done on budget. And demanding of these things of others will raise the level of work ethic in your organization. Modeling it is essential before you demand it of others. Here's another thing that you can both model and demand, and that is have set work hours and meet those hours with and fill them up with work. Now, I was in another meeting recently at a church uh, where the elders of the church were troubleshooting some recent problems that the church has been experiencing, part of it caused by the pandemic, but also part of it caused by a lack of work ethic among some of their staff. One of the people said, uh, I'm going to start working from home. Not may I work from home, but I'm going to start working from home because I like those hours better. I like not having the commute. It works better for me and for my family and for my needs. And the question was raised in this elders meeting by one of the pastors. Yes, but what's best for the church? We're, we're the employer in this situation. And so while we, of course, want to do what we can to facilitate our employees having the best life possible, the reason we employed them is because we have work to do. And that work needs to be done according to the job description, on time, on budget, in the hours that we've set aside for people to work so that we can all know that we're all working at the same time, all can work together, and all can facilitate greater teamwork and greater compatibility as we work together. You know, I'm always amazed by people in ministry organizations who think, oh, I can come in a little late, I can leave a little early, you know, I've, I've got to run this errand, so I'm going to take some time off in the middle of the day. You know, there's some time where that might be possible or even permissible. But quite honestly, when you're at work, you're supposed to be at work. And I'll just say one other thing about this, and that is developing a work ethic in a ministry organization means that you help people understand, and you model this as well as demand it, that work comes first during work time. Now, again, I go back to an illustration with my wife. She had a young pastor's wife talk with her a few months ago. And this pastor's wife said, you know, I've got two children now, and my husband and I have made the decision for me to stay home, and I'm more than willing to do that. And so my husband is working a full-time ministry job, and I'm a full-time mom. And, and, uh, but whenever I have needs with the children, I expect him to come home and help me, and I think that's a fair expectation. 
In other words, if the children are sick or if there's some kind of a special thing or uh, we need to take one to the doctor or whatever, I expect my ministry leader husband to be able to come home and do that because we're in the ministry and the church should understand and family comes first and all of these kinds of phrases. Again, this young woman was surprised at the answer my wife gave. Uh, my wife was also a stay-at-home mom, especially through the years when we had children. And as I've already said on the show, my wife is one of the most compassionate, gentle, loving people that's ever been made and ever existed, and she has a reputation for that. So I expect this young pastor's wife was expecting my wife to offer her some emotional support and, and some affirmation that, yes, her husband should do these things. My wife surprised her. She said, listen, your husband has a job, and so do you. And you can't expect him to drop everything at his work and come home and help you with every kind of need that you're describing. These are not emergency situations. They're not even out of the ordinary situations. These are just part of being a mother and managing the demands of parenting. She said, if your husband was a truck driver, do you think his company would send him home to take care of this? If your husband was an airline pilot, would he be able to reroute his flight to come home and see about this? If your husband was an architect or an engineer or even a school teacher, no, you wouldn't have this expectation of him if he were anything other than a ministry leader. So my wife was pretty confrontational that day, and I'm going to be a little bit that way on the show today. Listen, if you're in ministry leadership, it's hard work. You have a job description. You have work to be done and time allotted to get it done and a budget that you have to stay within in order to accomplish it. You have set work hours when your organization is open or the offices where you're supposed to be working are, are, um, are active. And that means that you have to be there. And it doesn't mean that you can just drop everything every time there's any kind of family need and go home and take care of that. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about legitimate emergencies or real crises or even planned leave time where you may take some time and take care of some of these responsibilities. I'm not even talking about what some people refer to as comp time, and be careful with that phrasing. It's not even legal in some states to allow that kind of uh, practice, but that's another podcast or another radio show. Let's just stick with the theme right here and talk about what we're talking about, and that is you have to show up and get the job done when the work is supposed to be done. So these are some things you can do to facilitate greater work ethic in your organization. You can model and demand these things. Here's a couple more suggestions. Another suggestion is to have supervisors that actually supervise their work. Remember that story I told a few minutes ago about the church that was struggling with their employee who said they were just going to start working from home because it was better for them and better for their family and all of that? Well, the first question that got raised by one of the men in that meeting who's in business, not ministry, was, does this person have a supervisor and does that supervisor have the authority and the responsibility and the expectation that they're going to direct this person's work on a daily basis? If they don't, then our church needs to revamp its supervisory structures so that employees understand they have supervisors who can direct their work. If the supervisor is not doing their job, we need to take a giant step back and talk about who needs to be the supervisor in this situation. You know, sometimes in ministry leadership, we have this warped idea that we all just show up and we're all one big happy family and we all just do our work and we all just do it well and we all just do it like we want to do it. And everybody just agrees and accepts that that's uh, 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 an acceptable way for the organization to function. But that's not acceptable, not in any organization, not even a ministry organization. 
Facilitating a work ethic means that you have supervisors who show up and find out what their people they're doing that they're supervising and direct their work and say, this needs to be done today. This doesn't need to be done at all. You're spending way too much time on this and not enough time on this. Work time is 8 a.m., not 8.15 when you come dragging in. Let's be here on time and let's get our work done. That's what supervisors do. And so one way to raise the work ethic in your organization is to make sure that you have adequate supervision, solid supervision to get the work done. Well, on the show today, I've talked about creating greater work ethic in Christian organizations. And we've talked about the biblical perspective on this, that we're often called soldiers and athletes and farmers, those of us who work in ministry leadership, and we're supposed to be serious-minded people who stay focused on our task and give ourselves up like a drink offering, as Paul wrote, and we work like boxers and runners to discipline ourselves, to get the tasks accomplished that are assigned to us. Yeah. And then practically speaking, how do you take that biblical modeling or that biblical example, how do you take all of that and put it into practice? Well, I've outlined some specific steps. Have job descriptions and expect people to fulfill them. Assign work that can be done on time and on budget and model and demand that it be done. Set work hours and expect people to meet those work hours and hold them accountable to do so. Have supervisors that really direct your work and teach people that when they're at work, they're at work. They can't just step out for everything that comes up in their family or in their personal lives. They have to stay focused on the work at hand. Now, having said all that, let me come back to this issue of work ethic from a different perspective and say that for many of you, you're working hard in ministry. And you would say in response to this show, man, how could I work any harder? How could my work ethic be any higher? Well, listen carefully. There's a difference between having a high work ethic and just staying busy. Sometimes I feel like in ministry organizations that we just do busy work or do busy things to make ourselves maybe look or feel productive. And also sometimes in ministry organizations, we spend way too much time doing the wrong things that aren't really fulfilling the mission of our organization. A good work ethic means that you have a focus on your work that matters, that you do it in a way that's significant and consequential, and that you're actually taking on projects and completing things that really do advance the mission of God through your church or ministry organization. So a work ethic is more than just about staying busy. It's about doing productive things. And so I would challenge you today, if you're, if you're pushing back a little bit on this program and saying, man, I, I don't even know why I need to hear this because I'm tired all the time. Well, Are you tired all the time because you're doing busy work, because you're just filling up your time with meaningless activity, because you're hopping every time someone says they've got this need or that issue or that problem, and rather than focusing on what's really strategically important, you just find yourself running around sort of playing ministry whack-a-mole every day, just trying to hit the hot spots and take care of the most pressing issues? Listen, ministry work ethic means you work hard. But it also means that you have focus and discipline, that you have determination and outcomes that really do make a difference. So I'm not talking today just about being busy or just doing things that make you tired or staying active or in some way doing your work in a a way that makes people notice you or know that you've worked hard. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being productive and really getting things done 
that fulfill the mission God has given us. I think work ethic in in Christian organizations is a serious and important issue. I want you to work hard. I want the people around you to work hard. And I want everybody to work hard on things that really matter. And we can take the concrete steps I've outlined today to build greater work ethic in ourselves and also in our organizations. Put it into practice as you lead on.